Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft. The world is full of unseen forces. Let me be your guide as we lift the veil and peer into the face of the unknown. This is the major as well, your one-on-one guide to all things witchcraft and spiritual. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. This week we have the third in the series of elemental magic, that of matter or earth magic from here on out. I would recommend listening to the other two in order before this one, but it's down to you. Also, tonight is the last Wednesday of the month, meaning the collective meditation is happening at 9pm UK time. If you're not a member, but you're interested, sign up on my Patreon. The link is in the episode description. The Earth is the only planet currently known in our solar system to support life. The creation of our race within mythology usually relates to us being born from the Earth, often made from clay, and after a few failed attempts. It's a very common motif used in a lot of creation myths around the world. Interestingly, in some birthing rites around the world, it was custom to place the newborn baby on the Earth. We will also return to the Earth when we die. There have only been a small handful of astronauts who have left its embrace, but for the majority, we will spend every moment on this planet, and often those who travel on long-haul flights and for a time are untethered from the Earth find themselves at odds within their body, feeling tired and run down. The word Earth and the name of our planet comes from the North Goddess, Yerth, who was the personification of the Earth. To the Norse, it was because of her that the land came to life, and she became linked to fertility. Within the Greek pantheon, we have Gaia, the mother of life. The Romans called her Terra, 
In cultures all over the world, birth is usually feminine in nature and is relating to concepts around birth and life. Today we call her Mother Earth, or some within spirituality call her by her Greek name of Gaia, also believing that she is a living being and has consciousness. The Earth has mothered us since the beginning of time. Our first objects and artifacts were created from clay. We created pottery for storage, but also for beautiful art, and it was this skill that distinguished us as civilized. It was also in clay tablets that we began writing. What were some of the first things written? Creation myths and magical spells, it's thought. And that which is of the earth also carries meaning as well. Some that come to mind are stones, mountains, valleys, and salt. Our connection with stone is ancient and deep-seated. We named the era that really marked our existence as a race, the Stone Age. Our tools, our weapons, and often our homes were all made of stone. We heated stones for cooking and for bathhouses. Stones are generally a symbol of endurance and even eternity. The world may change rapidly around us, yet mountains remain the same. The mountain has been the symbolic home of the gods in many cultures, a bridge between the heavens and earth, a mingling of the two elements. If a mountain isn't the home of the gods, it's likely there's a myth where the local peoples are said to have originated from it. The Sumerians built huge ziggurats throughout Mesopotamia, mimicking the mountains where the gods dwelt in a bid to coax them down from their lofty abode and to seek rest in the man-made one. A valley is the exact opposite of a mountain, often acting as a container of usually rich vegetation and plentiful water sources. They are a snapshot of a geological process that carved out the land and shaped it to how we see it today. They can also be lonely and desolate, lying in the shadows of mountains deep and without light. All witches of every level come to use salt within their practice, a highly magical substance. We carry salt within our blood, which is thought to be an echo of our past when we emerged as a race from the seas. During this time, our oceans contained a third less salt than they do today. This lighter solution made it possible for our cells and systems to form. But our oceans aren't inherently salty. This comes from the runoff from the land, the sea floors cracking open, and underwater volcanoes. Our salty blood and bodily fluids is yet another marker that the earth dwells within us. Further adding to this, our cells take nourishment from minerals and vitamins within our food, all of which is produced by the earth. Out of all the elements, earth is the densest. This density provides us with our stability, as well as containing our reality. It's also the most passive of the elements. It doesn't really do anything, not in comparison to the other elements. We can think of dancing flames, howling winds, boiling oceans, and rivers that flow through the land. These elements are in a constant motion of flow. Earth, in comparison, has earthquakes and avalanches, but the subtext is very different and they are on a regular occurrence, and they contain an element of the unnatural as well. 
We don't expect the land beneath our feet to shake, and when it does, it is truly a terrifying and disorientating experience. Earth is the basis for all the other elements. It is a container allowing them to take shape and form. Its very nature is creative and fertile. So, how do you work with Earth? Earth magic tends to revolve around the idea of stability, material gain or manifesting, strength, fertility and ancestral workings and worship. It invokes feelings of darkness, peace and hibernation. Carrying a yin energy, it's passive, but it's also very heavy. So the direction of Earth is north or south, depending on where you are in the hemisphere. Best time to practice would be in the winter months, or midnight, or on a new moon. It relates to the root energy center, and its color is green or brown for obvious reasons. To pay homage to this element on your altar, place a bowl of dirt on it, stones would be a good shout, moss would be great, personally I have a plant on mine, the pentacle, also a symbol of earth magic, so you could incorporate that as well. For crystals, generally I would say any are good to work with as they all come from the earth. Lava stone in particular would be good, as well as smoky quartz. Roots as well would be a good shout if you can get hold of a mandrake root heavily associated to witchcraft, check out my episode on it. This would be a very powerful thing to work with and to have on your altar. Iron, also a very strong correspondence for earth magic, it was seen as the menstrual blood of the earth. It provides protection and power and it wards off evil spirits. Often, graveyard gates were made of iron to contain the spirits within. In folklore, an iron knife was placed under the pillow, offering spiritual protection while the person slept. An iron horseshoe under the pillow invigorated the blood, and bathing in iron-infused waters was said to be deeply soothing and therapeutic. There are many herbs relating to earth, as similar to crystals, all herbs come from the earth, but I'll try to be a bit more precise. So earth is about our bodies and how they can get nourishment. So, in terms of earth herbs, think of grains, potatoes, and nuts. Anything that smells earthy or musky, like vertebrae and oak moss, if it grows across the ground and spreads out, so think of ivy. As the earth is durable, think of herbs that are stiff and or dry, like myrrh, wormwood, and rhubarb. Also root heavy plants, so mandrake, dandelion, and trees can also fall within this category, so think of oak and walnut. The main elements for earth are gnomes, coming from the Greek noma, meaning knowledge. They are also called pygmies. Gnomes supposedly play tricks on those who don't respect nature, and supposedly they were said to help the children of sages with the money that they required. Perhaps if you need funds for higher education, they would be good to petition. Other earth spirits include goblins, fairies, and forest spirits, to name a few. Gnomes are said to invoke prosperity, and to increase the bounty of the land. To invoke their energy, you could say this spell that I found from Esther McNevin, and you would use it in relation to working in the garden, or just generally with soil. 
O keepers of the soil, spirits of nature's sweet kingdom, I do call you to aid me, as I work my hands within the earth. Be with me, that my aches and pains may diminish. Guide me, as I make my beds in spring, and protect me, as I turn them in at fall. Fill my garden with your abundant productivity. Let love and light flow actively around thee. What are some earth deities? Well, as I mentioned earlier, a lot, but not all, are female. And this type of deity tended to have a lot of significance in cultures that had a close connection to growing grain, and were heavily identified with their ancestors. So we have Sibel, who I mentioned in the fertility episode. She's this mother goddess who is associated with the earth. There's also the Greek Gaia, there's Demeter, the goddess of the seasons, and the Egyptian god Geb. There's also the Asesia, the earth goddess of the Ashanti. There's Parvati, she is the mother goddess of the Hindus. There's also Inanna, or Ishtar, from Mesopotamia, and Nerthus in Germanic spirituality, to just name a few. And as usual, when working with deities, just consider the cultural implications if they lie outside of your heritage. The Major's Well Shop is now stocking Rosemary Smoke Cleanse Bundles, handmade by me. It's locally and sustainably sourced in small batches so the rosemary bush isn't harmed. I then wrap it with recycled string under a waning moon to further empower its cleansing abilities. Rosemary is a wonderful herb to cleanse a space with, and it's a powerful expeller of evil and stagnant energy. Perfect to cleanse any space as part of a general clean or preparing the area for ritual work. It's also particularly good for cleansing a space after a prolonged period of illness. Rosemary has strong associations with memory, and it's a wonderful ally for ancestral workings. It's a powerful and ethical alternative to white sage. Available now over at themajorswell.com I think it's an understatement to say the past year has been intense, so I thought I'd create an oil that's designed to sweep away the debris, get you ready for a brand new, fresh start, and to give a sense of freedom and the optimism that's associated with this. I've named it Freedom Oil, and this idea of a new beginning is being ushered in with a powerful blend of 10 oils, four of which are Violet Leaf, a deep and mysterious scent that reminds you of crushed green leaves sprawled out on a warm, earthy and grassy floor. Violet Leaf brings with it the intense energy of renewal, growth and confidence. There's cedarwood, a warm, aromatic and woody scent. Cedarwood, like all conifers, is associated with eternal life and aligning oneself to their higher purpose. The energy of cedarwood helps to clear confusion while grounding you so that you may make the right decisions with clarity and focus. There's fir. It's fresh, balsamic, green, gentle, yet powerful, with an energy that symbolizes life, abundance, prosperity, fertility, and growth. Finally, we have ylang-ylang, a sensual and erotic scent that's often used as an aphrodisiac. 
the energy of this flower is playful and vibrant. Definitely energy I want in my life at the minute. It instills confidence, it gives hope and vigor to approach life with optimism. I really wanted the user to be transported to a fresh forest, to feel uplifted and emerge once again ready to take on the world. Magically speaking, there's a lot that you can do with this oil and it's easy to incorporate it into rituals around turning over a new leaf, breathing new life into something, having the courage to start something new. It's a very future focused oil and it's also good to use around the idea of letting go of the past. Freedom Oil is available now on themajorswell.com What spells and what rituals can you do around earth magic? Well, really easy one. You could actually work with clay. And I'd maybe be tempted to make a statue of an earth deity. And I would maybe press the correspondences of that deity into the clay before you bake it. I think this would be a wonderful act of devotion and to connect you to the deity. Personally, I know for a fact mine would come out looking demonic, like something from the omen. But if this is something that resonates with you, go for it. You could also create beads for a necklace with clay and pour your intent into each one. You could work within the ideas around Earth, that of stability, material gain or manifesting, strength, fertility and ancestral workings. You could also make candle holders or bowls or chalices for your altar from this clay. Dirt itself can be used to add power to our workings. This is thought to originate from Mesopotamia. Temple dirt was often called on within their spells. A spell for healing might ask for hospital dirt. Justice might call for courthouse dirt. Protection tends to be around brick dust. Graveyard dirt bears a special mention too. It can be used for good or bad, depending on what culture the spell comes from and their relationship to death and the dead. A powerful hex was throwing graveyard dirt at someone's back. Now, graveyard dirt, it can come from anywhere within a graveyard, although there are some more correspondences added if it's more specific. Malicious spells often call for dirt from the grave of a murderer, while more protective ones tend to come from mother's graves. Within British magic, for it to be truly classed as graveyard dirt, it had to come from the top of the coffin, above where the heart of the deceased would be. While within hoodoo traditions, three scoops of dirt are required, usually one from above the head, one from over the heart, and one from below the feet. Not encouraging you to do this, but if you decide to gather graveyard dirt, leave the person whose grave you've taken from an offering as a mark of respect. Also, you can buy grave dirt gathered in various ways online and it's perfectly legal. To invoke protection from a loved one who has died, you can gather a handful of their gravesite dirt, a pebble near the grave and a flower from the funeral. Add this to a bag and add into it the person's favourite scent and carry it around with you for a hit of protection. It's also quite nice as a way to remember them as you go about your day. You can also sprinkle tools and spell components with dirt to cleanse them. This could further be empowered by where the dirt has come from, 
So I'd be tempted to get dirt from a sacred site and use the dirt in this way to add more potency to my tools and spell components. Salt on its own, I've said earlier, it's wonderful within witchcraft, it's mainly used for protection, but I found a spell to further add to its potency. You want to soak John the Conqueror root in water? Then with that solution, sprinkle it onto salt and allow it to dry out. You can then use this salt to sprinkle around your home for added protection. Pay attention to the bed, the four corners of the property and the main doorway. Different coloured salt will bring out different correspondences, so black salt is used in protection, created by adding incense ash. Green salt brings in abundance, and you would create that by grinding salt with dried herbs like rosemary and oregano. Pink salt, or Himalayan salt, is linked to love. Also, you might want to think about where does your salt come from? Sea salt is obviously going to have a touch of water element in there, while salt that is mined, like Himalayan, is going to have a more potent earth energy. On a very obvious level, you can easily work with earth magic by burying things, so I'd be tempted to work and communicate with the spirit world by burying requests, petitions and offerings. You could also carve a sigil or a word into a fruit and then bury it. The thinking is, as it decomposes, it will release the energy and draw the desired thing to you. If you want something more permanent, you could draw it on a stone and bury it. This would be great for banishing. Also, what's left over from spells is usually buried at a crossroads. Just make sure it can decompose. You can grow plants, I'd recommend from seed if you can. I've got a project at the minute where I'm trying to grow loads of weird witchy herbs that have got a rich folklore, all from seeds. I'm still waiting for them to germinate and I've got my fingers crossed. Perhaps you could focus on root vegetables, or you could even just work with houseplants. You can take this a step further by using potting soil from a graveyard, or a crossroads to further add to the potency. Perhaps you can then place these plants in the four corners of your home, or create a circle with them when practicing your craft. You could cover the soil of these houseplants with stones or pebbles, and incorporate the different correspondences depending on the colour of the stones, or the type of the stones. You could use biogenic sand, it's basically sand made from sea creatures and their exoskeletons, like shells, barnacle fragments and bits of old coral. It's quite common in low-lying beaches and it's great for protective spells. There's lots of hacks that you can do here. I think earth would be wonderful to work with if you don't feel confident within your body. When we feel like this, it makes it difficult to enjoy and to engage fully with the world around us. Earth magic works with the lower energy centres of the body, which govern the sense of self and identity. Maybe you could include a ritual around this concept. For example, you could bury a part of your old identity literally putting it to rest and metaphorically shedding your skin. If you are in a tight spot for money, go to the biggest tree you can find and give it an offering of water or milk and honey. Petition an earth deity, collect some of the soil from the base of the tree and put some by your front door and sprinkle the rest around your home. You could also reserve some of the soil and carry it around with you in a bag with the Urez rune on it. Urez is U-R-U-Z if you want to look it up. It looks like a tower with a slanted roof. 
also place a coin in the bag too. Now, there are some cautions when working with Earth. It can cause lethargic feelings and feeling unmotivated, which over time can throw you off of your path. And this requires particular attention. Our brains aren't a fan of change, so anything that will slow down this likelihood of change could be wholeheartedly jumped on depending your personality. It may make us cling onto the past, and therefore can cause us to become upset with our current situation, or wish things had turned out differently. It could also make us stubborn and unwilling to compromise. You could perform an exorcism of this element by requesting the gnomes to leave you alone. You could also throw flax seeds on your floor as well. This is just a custom for getting rid of goblins, but many cultures class gnomes and goblins as the same thing. Just goblins are when gnomes develop a darker streak. Either way, they will feel compelled to count the flax seeds, and if you repeat this, the thinking is they will grow bored and leave you alone. You could also try working with air magic, which is a little bit more dynamic and active. Some final thoughts before I wrap up. Try walking barefoot on soil. As an offering to the earth, you could go out with gloves and a bag to somewhere littered and pick up all the rubbish you see. You could add clay to a bath or salt, both powerful earth correspondences. You can work with the soil for fertility spells and also there's different types of soil. So you've got mud, loam, peat and humus. Bones are wonderful to work with and will add the correspondence of death, ancestors and spirits to your workings. Skulls, for example, are often used in divination. Vertebras tend to be used for confidence and support. Toes and fingers are used for luck and prosperity, to name a few. You could also listen to my grounding meditation. You could draw sigils on the earth or cast a circle within the earth. Pay homage to the spirits of your land and leave them offerings. For example, the UK is full of foxes. I'd be tempted to work with the fox spirit. You could treat every day as Earth Day and you can think about how you can protect the world or contribute to its sustainability. Go for a hike if that's available or just walk around the park. Learn more about herbs and begin working with them if you haven't already, even if it's just making herbal tea blends. I'd also look into what herbs are in your local area or are native to your country. Create and plant a bee-friendly garden, maybe even plant a tree. At the time of recording, it is Earth Day, which is totally unplanned and it's a nice little coincidence. With this in mind, I think it would be wonderful if you could incorporate your spirituality within an act of service to the Earth. This could look like getting a compost bin, reducing plastic waste, recycling more, invest in biodegradable and multiple use cosmetic products. I saw today that Colgate has a bamboo toothbrush, I think it was bamboo. You could get reusable cotton pads, shampoo bars. These things are widespread and they're not expensive as they used to be. Or you could question, do you really need these things that you're about to buy? I came across a great quote the other day from Joshua Becker, and it goes, 
The most environmentally friendly product is the one you didn't buy. Let's question the purchases that we make and reduce our consumption. And let's all start thinking about how harmful our lifestyles are to the planet and take small, easy, achievable and daily steps to reduce and limit this harm. And it's within these steps that we can add an element of the spiritual and honour and pay homage to the earth, even when we fulfil the simple act of brushing our teeth with a more environmentally friendly option. Together, let's look after the world that we all share. And majors, that's it. That's a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. My intent with this podcast is to provide guidance and inspiration for those on their spiritual path and to talk about interesting parts of history relating to spirituality. I also want to connect you with information that is both useful and reliable. Would you like to support me and encourage me in creating more episodes? With your support, I can give the podcast more time and create more quality content. You can support me through Patreon and gain access to exclusive content and be part of the Majors Well community, as well as being in the communal sugarpot spell. The link is in the episode description. You could also support me by following my Instagram at the Majors Well, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and telling your friends about the show. Please get in touch with anything you wish to share at themajorswell at gmail.com and you may just get featured. A big thank you to Coral St. Clair for the podcast artwork. Peace out, witches. fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home go to prettylitter.com and use code acast for 20 percent off your first order and a free cat toy terms and conditions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars luxurious italian leather bags and so much more Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.